Today we'll be reading and meditating in the Gospel of Mark. We'll be reading from chapter 3 and from uh, verse 1 to 6. Uh, this is a wonderful story of God's grace and mercy towards a person that was emarginated by many because of his condition. So let's open our Bibles. For those of you who are connected with us, you can follow on the screen. Uh, Mark, Gospel of Mark, chapter 3, from verse 1 to verse 6. Again, Jesus entered the synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand. And they watched Jesus to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man with the withered hand, Come here. And he said to them, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. And he looked around and then with anger grieved at their hardness of heart and said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians against him, and now to destroy him. Until here, the reading of the gospel. The story in our text took place in the synagogue, where Jesus was used to go every Saturday. At least when he was in town at Capernaum, the city that was like the headquarters of his ministry, he was there to learn and to show the example to others on how to pursue um, godliness. It's important for us to know that even uh, in our days, even this time, though we cannot gather together in a physical building of the church, we can be the church as we are connected together through these uh, tools that we have uh, being connected online together as a body of Christ. You see, uh, this passage is giving us also the opportunity to think that church is not always the place uh, of comfort. Church can be also a place where we worship out of faith and not out of comfort. Inside this synagogue that Saturday, there were different people. There were people that went to worship the Lord, not just because uh, of uh, their needs, of the understanding, of learning from the Word of God, and giving back to the Lord their hearts, their commitment for uh, His glory. No, there were people that were going there just to use that opportunity to impress other people with uh, their self-righteousness. And uh, this happened even that Saturday that Jesus was there. But also there are people that go to worship the Lord with a genuine and sincere heart. Though their lives maybe can be broken, though their lives maybe can be touched by injured, like this man with the withered hand, he was there. He was pursuing God. In the routine of his worship, he was giving a testimony that despite what was going on in his life, he was there to meet God. And I pray this morning as we continue the meditation of God's word, 
that despite what we are going through in our lives, individually and as a family, as a church family, we can be in the presence of God with a genuine and sincere heart, with our, our sincere devotion to Him and not based only on the tradition of having church. So as we continue the examination and the meditation of this passage, I want to show you some points that will help us to ponder what God wants to say to us through this passage of the scripture. The first point that I want to bring to your attention is that Jesus was in the synagogue. He was there where worship was happening. How comforting is for us to know that Jesus is with us when we decide to worship the Lord. You see, that synagogue was a place for the religious people to show their prestige, their power. Even the synagogue was built to reflect that kind of prestige and authority and power. The synagogue was a large room divided in different partitions. Specifically, uh, the auditorium was divided into sections where in one section was the reserved to the men, another small section was reserved to the women that were coming to worship the Lord. And though the synagogue was not the temple, it was used by uh, the Pharisees to teach the scriptures, to teach the word of God. And this was something very positive. Nevertheless, they took that responsibility and they brought to a different level, not to serve God, but to be served by the law to take power and authority over the people. And it's interesting to know that as a, the platform was contained in the pulpit where the law was read and taught, Behind the pulpit was the Bema seat where the chief of the synagogue was usually sat. And on the side, there were other chairs where the other prestigious leaders were taking place. And behind everybody, there was the Moses seat. There was the most important place and usually was reserved not only to the chief of the synagogue, but the high and prestigious leaders that was in the room. And uh, those Pharisees were observing everybody that was in the synagogue from their seats, from their chairs of authority, of prestige, and they worship looking down the other people that were coming to the synagogue. In reality, this shows the attitude that we can come to worship the Lord. In the room, in the synagogue that day, the Sabbath, there were people that came not to worship God, not to humble themselves before God. They came just to show that they were religious. But also there were people that came with a genuine and sincere heart to worship the Lord despite their condition, despite their situation. And one of them was the man with the withered hand. This man has been injured. This man maybe was not new to the synagogue. He has been there many times. But that day was there. And it was a particular day for him that marked his whole life. 
because Jesus was inside the synagogue. My brothers, my sisters in Christ and friends, this brings a question to all of us. What kind of worshipers are we as we gather together in this service online to worship the Lord? What is the attitude that we come before the Lord? Is your heart completely surrendered to God? Or are you still coming to the Lord from an attitude of humility or even worse, being proud, being reassured that we are still doing church, even in a condition like that, we are still worshiping the Lord. But let me tell you something, this service will not fit any purpose if your heart is not ready to worship the Lord and recognize that He knows your heart. He knows your condition. He knows who you are. And you see, as we are worshiping the Lord, we are also reminded by the Word of God that God is calling His people with the assurance that He is in the midst of them. He is in the midst of the people that are worshiping. Psalm 95 verse 6 and 7 says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. You can see God encouraging the people of God to come and worship Him with the assurance that He knows His own flock. His own sheep. And today, God knows your need. God knows your interest of Him. God knows that you have something special arboring in your heart. You see, the depth of our worship is shown by the depth of our compassion and devotion to God, but also out of the love that we have for people. The Pharisees felt disturbed by the presence of Jesus because they knew that Jesus could heal that man with the injured hand. Verse 2 says, And they watched Jesus to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. They were ready to save one sheep fall into a pit, but they were not compassionate towards a person that was truly in need. They were hoping to entrap Jesus and accuse him of being a, a Sabbath breaker and worth for this of death. But Jesus was there. He was there to heal. He was there to bring comfort. He was there also to deny the hypocrisy of those people. Let me tell you something. Every time that we go in the presence of God, we cannot ignore the fact that God knows the heart of each one of us. God knows your heart this morning. And uh, I pray that you will approach Him. And you will approach His Word, opening your heart to His compassion, to His grace. Expect something to happen because Jesus is in the room. 
You can see Jesus was not there to honor the Sabbath in a way that was legalistic. He understood very clearly that the Sabbath was for the men and not the men for the Sabbath. Jesus in that moment encouraged faith and exposed unbelief. Jesus knew the hypocrisy of the religious leaders, but also he knew the need that it was inside the heart of that man. And for this reason, he called them out. He called them up and he said, come here. I can see this man hearing the voice of Jesus and coming with fear. Why me? Why? I will be embarrassed in such a way. But before the voice of Jesus, he could not stay shut. He stood up and he went in the center of the synagogue where everybody can see him. You see, Jesus once saw this man in the center of the synagogue ask this rhetorical question to the Pharisees. And he said to them, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm? to save life, or to kill. But they were silent. Silent. They couldn't answer the question. They didn't want to publicly appear uncompassionate. They want to keep their influential position. And Jesus looked around, and the Greek word is periblepomai, meaning all-inclusive penetrating look. An eye to eye with everyone in the room. If we go on the parallel narration on the Gospel of Luke in chapter 6, verse 8, the Gospel of Luke says that Jesus knew what they were thinking. Jesus was grieved with hunger by the hardness of their hearts. They came to synagogue not to worship, but to watch. They came not to find an offer of fellowship, but to find fault. They came not for communion, but for critique. As Jesus saw that they were only pretending to worship God, he reacted with anger and grief. Jesus' anger was controlled and then led him to sin. Angry was uh, giving to their malice and their wicked hearts. His anger was accompanied with grief because he knew that they were not interested to the well-being of the people around them, but just to show an accusation against Jesus himself. You see, as much as it's sad, often time criticism comes from people that you least expect. These Pharisees were so enraged with Jesus that they ended up to a dreadful and obvious breach of the very law that they were planning to uphold. And when the miracle happened, the Pharisees, instead of rejoicing, went out from the service upset and indignant because Jesus healed this man on a Sabbath day. Verse 6 says that then the Pharisees went out and immediately plotted with the Herodians against him. But they, now they might destroy him. Can you imagine the disappointment that this man had? Jesus was healing this man 
ensure the true meaning of the Sabbath day. The true meaning of God's love and compassion towards people in suffering. In the same vein, let me tell you, we could collect numerous examples of religious people in our days who are defending dogmas, true or false, displaying attitude towards their opponents in a way that they rarely show the love of God towards those who are in need. And let me say that during this time of the coronavirus, we can be very religious people. We can still claim a church or doing church. But God, through this passage, through the love and compassion of Jesus, is teaching us to be the church, to be a place where people in need are welcomed. People in need could be this needs emotional, physical, practical, can met because God is a God of love. Jesus was working in the life of the man because he saw the need. And I pray that as we are living these days of the coronavirus, we can be very sensitive and compassionate towards our neighbor, toward those who are in need, towards family members that maybe it's a long time where we are not calling or hearing from them to show compassion and support, to show that we care. Because Jesus cared where people that we're supposed to care didn't. And this brings me to the third point. Jesus cared for this man in a very unique way. He cared going beyond the limitation that the sick man had. For a moment, let's reflect on how this handicap inflicted the life of this man. Imagine for one moment how it was critical for him to go and work and earn a living for his family. But that handicap was not just physical, it was also emotional. Many people could judge him, convinced that the sickness was the result of sinful attitude and sins in his life. If we go back to the scripture in verse King chapter 13, verse 6, we find the story of the king Jeroboam. Is this king was punished by God in a very similar way. His hand became withered. And he was not healed until he repented. So people reflect and project that image of the king Jeroboam most probably on the life of this man. However, this was not the case of Jesus. This man was not judged by Jesus. This man was not accused by Jesus. Jesus knew his heart. And uh, I'm sure that his man was there to worship God, despised his own handicap. You see, brothers and sisters and friends, we can choose to complain with God or we can choose to be in the presence of God. This man was not there to complain for his condition, but was there to be in the presence of the living God. 
Like the men, we can feel handicapped in something, but we all have a choice to make. You see, we are ashamed maybe of our weaknesses, of how long we have struggled with our weaknesses. We may feel discouraged, despaired, afraid of trying once again, praying again, and not being healed like that man. However, faith like grace is never static. Jesus called this man not only to come and be in the presence of, uh, of the middle of the room, but also he called him to stretch out his hand. And I can imagine this man, his heart starting to beat like crazy. How should I stand? How should I dress so to hide my hand inside? And now I was already asked to come to the center. Now he's telling me to stretch my hand. I can't. It's withered. It cannot work. But you know, after the command of Jesus Christ, he was so encouraged because he saw in the words of Jesus, authority, love, compassion. The heart of Jesus connected with the faith of this man. And out of that faith, he stretched out his hand and he was completely healed. Jesus performed the miracle after the man stretched out his hand. You see, there is a part that God wants to do in our lives. And he's encouraging us through his precious word. The word of God is authoritative. It's full of compassion towards us. But also demands that we respond with faith. Let me finish this message this morning with some kind of application. First of all, don't take the risk to miss the blessing to be where Jesus is. Although during this pandemic time of COVID-19 or coronavirus, we cannot meet in our church building, we still are the church of Jesus. Don't isolate yourself. Remember, there are definite advantages of going to worship where Jesus is. And you can find Jesus in your secret place at your home. Gather together with your family. Spend moments in the presence of God. Use this time to seek his face and be where Jesus is. And how beautiful it is and encouraging for us to know that where two or three are gathering in the name of Jesus is present in their midst. Can you imagine what a loss would have been to this poor man if it wasn't there the Sabbath in the synagogue in Capernaum? It would have been for the rest of his life with that withered hand. But because it was in the presence of Jesus, he received something special that changed the course of his life. So don't take the risk to miss the blessing to be where Jesus is. Then be obedient and come out from the silent crowd. Life can be so difficult sometimes. There are all types of things that we struggle with that keep us bound, that keep us in the anonymity of being together with other people to hide ourselves in the midst of uh, 
Everybody does that. Everybody do it. Why I shouldn't do it the same? But Jesus is calling us to be out of the crowd. Jesus called the men to come out of the anonymity. And then be obedient and come out from the silent crowd. You see, Jesus ordered, commanded the men to come out, to step out of his comfort and uh, stand in his presence. Today, don't look at what is your handicap. Look at the power of Jesus. Look at the one that is asking you to step out in faith. And maybe some of us have some wither hand to deal with that makes feel them defeated. Some of us may have a sin that we just aren't able to let go of. Some of us feel outcast at work or at school. Some of us look to our future and see nothing but a question mark. Some of us may have a dysfunctional friend or relative who completely drains us. I have a good news for you today. That same Jesus who commanded the man, come out and stretch out your hand, is here today. And he hasn't changed it. He has not. Today, it's finally time to stand, to rise up out of the dirt and say, enough is enough. Enough of this pain. Enough of carrying the Savior burden alone. Enough tears. Enough grief. Enough is enough. In the presence of Jesus, stretch out your arm in faith and allow the Spirit of God to accomplish a miracle. Something special. Because the power of Jesus is still able to hold, restore your life. To get your greatest blessing, you must open up your heart to the Lord and stretch out your hand. Allow Jesus this morning to set you free and transform you completely. If you allow Jesus Christ to touch your broken spirit, if you will allow Jesus to touch the guilt in your life, if you allow to touch the bitterness in your life, if you allow Jesus to release his love and care for your life, you will be a completely different person. If you this morning are experiencing joy and peace, you can rejoice with others around you that have been touched with Jesus. Let's pray as we close up this service. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for the hope that you've given to us in your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him, O oh Father, we pray for those who are listening, are watching this video. I pray, O oh Lord God, that you will accomplish your plan and purpose for their lives. 
Father, you know. Holy Spirit, you know every single heart this morning. You know how to minister to us despite the environment, despite our handicapped. You are able to transform and restore us fully. So Father God, we pray that in this hour, your grace will reach out to those who are in need. There are people that need to be reassured. There are people that need to be healed. There are people that need to overcome the anxiety of the future. We pray, O oh Lord God, that as a church family, we can be a place where you show your grace and compassion. Forgive us the times that we have been using church as a place of prestige and authority and be a father pleased by the humbleness of our hearts. Father, we pray that the name of Jesus will be glorified through us and through your word bring restoration to those who are in need. We ask you these things in the mighty name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In him we find the joy and hope. Amen.